0: Portions of this program may be pre-recorded.
1: Reaching sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit
0: liftoff.
2: Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, so happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and I am substituting in for Doug today. He is out, um, and I'm joined in the studio with Anthony Johnson, uh, who is actually my father, if you didn't know. Um, but he is a graduate of Notre Dame with a psychology degree. He played 11 years in the NFL, followed by um, 17, 15, 15 years as a chaplain for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now has completed his master's degree in uh, counseling and is starting his own practice, which is Acacia Counseling. You can find that at AcaciaCounseling.com, right? So AcaciaCounseling.com. So I have him in the studio today. We're going to be talking a little bit about what we've talked about this week so far. If you have any questions for us, you can email us at notask.com this time because i don't have access to that one you can email us at taylor at SWAT that's taylor at SWAT you can also call in at one 844 swat that's one 7928 uh
3: so dad how you doing today i'm doing well son it's uh wow it's kind of cool to be in studio with my son awesome yeah, it's pretty
2: uh, pretty interesting. Doug has kind of thrown me out there to see how I do on my own as a host. So uh, if you're listening, uh, let's pray that I don't flounder. Um, this week we've been talking about if you if you haven't uh, been able to uh, tune in so far, we've been talking about the church's role in um, in obeying the government and when, if ever, the church should uh, not obey a government dictate. Kind of going off of John MacArthur's uh, church's stance this past Sunday, which was that in California, where they're pretty strict on churches, he has said that the uh, government has no authority in the sphere of uh, the church to dictate whether they can meet or not. And as such, they are going to continue to meet. So I know dad's been busy, so I'm not sure he's been able to catch too much of what we've been talking about this past week, but I'm curious what you, what's your take on, uh, submission to the governing authorities and if it's ever warranted to not submit.
3: Yeah, that's a fascinating question. And particularly, um, in, uh, viewing some of the aspects of, uh, our world today and mm-hmm. particularly, uh, in the United States. Um, and that's fascinating. I didn't uh actually know that uh that uh John MacArthur had said that and has taken that stance. Um, you, know, you know, my my perspective on that um is probably not dissimilar from most in that um, you know, obviously uh you know, right off the bat, uh we seek to uh obey and honor uh, not just pray for but also um Uh, Follow in step with the governing uh, authorities. Uh, And, um, you know, the the implication there um, is that their leadership in government and governance is appropriate, uh, Mm -hmm. is beneficial, uh, generally healthy for the culture, the society, and for the individual. And so, obviously, that being in place, hey, you know, yes, sir. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I'm in step. That not being in place, um, I think my perspective, my take on on uh, passages and scriptures and realities and scriptures of uh, Jesus Himself and Paul and others. Um, if those governing authorities are leading um, improperly, that is not according to biblical. Uh, mandate biblical understanding and perspective, then I personally would hope that I would not follow suit. Right,
2: and why do you think that uh, John MacArthur is now, you know, however many days into this, why is he the first big name person that we've heard that, de- or, and why that's not more of a message uh, throughout the church, and why you know the de- default is to say, well, you know, Romans thirteen says to obey our authority. So we're going to obey our governing authority. Why do you think there's that impetus um, to kind of jump just straight towards that?
3: You mean at this time? Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure why that hasn't been a, a part of uh conversation um, prior to this time. Um, and, and it may have been, I'm as you know, I'm not as uh, plugged in as most people in terms of what's going on. Um, in in media and all that but um m- my first uh response to that would be uh, that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. um that there would be um a hopefully uh um a wise patience yeah um to discern to understand to um make sure you know the lay of the land if you will is um being seen and and uh and uh, appropriately engaged with, um, because because what what we're talking about, if if we're not going to obey a governing authority, right. it's pretty
2: mm-hmm. severe. Yeah, it's breaking you know, breaking a law or civil disobedience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it it should be there should be an abundance of caution and 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 I guess I would say a default setting of, you know, the government isn't just out to get you. Um, but what at what point do you think? that needs to start to change as far as, like, how long before you say, okay, wait a minute, they're doing this, and, you know, they said it's for our good, but now it's kind of encroaching into, you know, churches being able to meet and things like that. How how long do you think, personally, you're like, okay, now I should reevaluate?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I don't know that I could answer that. And, um, and I think the reason for me as I uh, engage that question is, um, that would that would be something I would be uh, very slow to and perhaps um, uh, resist answering just by myself. Yeah, um, I, I believe um, a, uh, a decision to do that should be engaged with uh, in a plurality of uh, perspectives and thoughts. Yeah, um, especially
2: yeah. if you're the leader of a church.
3: Absolutely, you know, yeah. absolutely. And I, I'm not sure how uh, John's church is set up. Uh, whether they have they had a, you know, an a, a statement by the elders, okay. and we
2: actually had uh, one of the elders on the program two days ago. Okay. So yeah, we were able to hear a little bit behind their their thought process on that. So
3: yeah, and so so that that to me. Um, would be an appropriate approach is to make sure that, like Robert says, there's there's safety in the abundance of counseling. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and with you know especially what's going on in California, it has been pretty um, draconian compared to you know other areas. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it leads to, I, I would imagine in California, concern about the direction we're headed. You know, kind of hearing some rumblings of it looks like. The end times and things like that. Um, wh- where do you stand as far as like where we're at in the prophetic timeline?
3: Yeah, uh, what a question. Um, yeah I, I have a I have a different perspective um, in regard to uh, details of the end times. I think than most, and and certainly than um, than what has been mainstream in the evangelical uh, church over the last well, th- that I can remember mm-hmm. uh, from my lifetime. Um, um, so, um, you know, specifically, I- I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure maybe we have time to unpack <laughs> yeah. all that. But um, but let's just say this. Um, I-, I believe based on specific text, uh, I'll say this much, yeah. Uh, based on specific texts in Revelation itself um, and other passages of the scriptures, um, I, I don't believe there's any, antici- I don't have any anticipation of a seven year tribulation mm-hmm. and of some of the other aspects of, uh, of that perspective. Um, so, but I do uh, have an anticipation as that perspective shares of an imminent return of Christ and his ep- a panthesis is a uh, return in glory.
2: I was about to say, you're going to have to uh, define that one for
3: me. Yeah. Me? I, I look forward to that, that, and that, that I, I believe, um, is, is, is coming pretty soon. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting to look at like historical perspective, uh, the church has had on the end times and, you know, there's a few different, um, positions that people have had. And the most common one obviously is now a pre rapture, but it's, it's weird to see that that wasn't always the case. Um, so it's, it's cool. I, I know that you've you know, been reading a lot in that lately. And that, that's led you to um, send something out to the family that I, I wondered if you'd talk about and kind of your thoughts of not only like end times, but what we're seeing in the culture is you know, pretty worrisome. Um, just end times or not, like is America going to survive? Um, and you sent something out uh, to all of us uh, in the family or the kids in the family kind of about your position and where you're at and how you're feeling led, uh, within that context. And it was pretty interesting. We've actually talked a little bit about that, uh, just amongst the kids. And, uh, it's, there's a, you are dad, my, my dad, Anthony here is very measured and precise in his speaking. Um, so some of us read what you said and was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's dad. But others, read that we're like wow that's really profound that he came out and said exactly where he is on an issue because sometimes that's not you know your modus operandi so uh we're about to go to break in a second but after the break that's where i want to pick up with you know what you wrote to us kind of the gist of it and then what was on your heart leading you to want to uh uh uh, say that and why you felt led to say that so uh stick uh stick with us because we will have that here After the break, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com.
0: You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives.
1: from the sea brother, let be Never leave
2: that is need to alone. breathe with brother welcome back to SWAT radio SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and if you're just joining us i am taylor johnson filling in for doug mm-hmm. mccary today and i have in the studio anthony johnson who is actually my dad but he is also um, a former NFL football player, a chaplain for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and is now uh, starting his own counseling uh, ministry practice. practice. Um, and it's uh, com. if you would like to uh, learn more about that. Um, but we have him in here today, and we've been talking about uh, what we were talking about earlier this week, which is the church's role in obeying the government kind of branched out into uh, – broader where we're at as a society um and right before the break we were talking about a letter that my dad sent to his kids kind of detailing where he's at uh spiritually so uh, in in a sense but also um with what's going on in the world today what he plans to do about what's going on because there's a lot of concern out there um so dad what what was the impetus for you writing that to it Well, first. What did you say to us, and then uh, we'll get into the rest later so
3: Well, it was a pretty uh, for me it was a pretty extensive uh, letter, but as you said I'm, I'm fairly measured, and so uh, every word was was kind of full of uh, meaning uh, coming from my heart um, in in essence um, I, I, I was stating uh, what my uh, approach uh, in terms of my active approach was going to be, mm-hmm. um, at this point. Um, and that, and that is in a word, uh, prayer. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that would be, um, the, the focus of what I was going to do. Um, and I and- think that's
2: important. Um, you know, you see these, these troubling times, you know, especially what we've seen going on for uh, two months now of riots and stuff in the streets. And to think, okay, I got to do this. And if you're like me, it's like, okay, I got to get this to protect the family. Got to get moved to this location, start farming, like, you know, get off the system and, and, and stuff like that. But it's important to say, hold up, what has got to be the first thing to do? And I agree with you that prayer has to be um, the foundation of any response. But, uh, you know, so. Yeah, you know. yeah.
3: And, that, um, you know, the, the impetus um... – what was the prompt uh, for me was um, is concern, as you mentioned just a second ago, and and I, and I, I think all of us um, um, in this country and and certainly perhaps globally as well, are concerned. Yeah. Um. You know, this these are days that are unprecedented in, in my life. I mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that there haven't been um, wars and and issues, but just the the extent. Uh, and the global nature of what we're experiencing. Um, so anyway, for me, it, it, it prompted that, and and it it came to that aspect. Like, okay, what what do I actually do? What can I do to prepare for what feels like it's it, like is coming, um, or what feels like the environment is? So yeah, can I arm up? You know, can I um, can I can I get off the grid? You know, those questions. Can I move to Israel? Hey, God's got a special protection for. Uh, the nation of Israel, um, <clears throat> many other aspects um, that perhaps even survival training, which, you know, I've been looking into it, stuff like that. And <clears throat> what I finally, after a number of years, heard God remind me of is that word prayer. And in, in a couple places, um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 that, the weapons of our warfare mm-hmm. in other words how we engage in the battle spiritual and otherwise that we may see um are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds but they're not fleshly yeah um and so that led me to also ephesians 6 you know talking about the the uh, implements of our spiritual armor and the righteousness the helmet of salvation and so on um, And and another key part of that passage, as well as some others, is uh, along with arming up um, and getting our armor on, is this ability to then stand firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stand firm was at least four times in that Ephesians passage, and it connected to um, one of the passages in Revelation that stands out to me. So I'm like, okay, okay. I want to stand firm. Stand firm sounds like a good place to be, right? Right. Uh, On a solid foundation. We know that foundation is Christ. So if I'm armored up, I've got my armor on. What am I then equipped to do? Well, verse 18 there says, pray. Mm. Pray at all times with a certain view in mind. And for prayer is the thing that I must do to be and because i'm armored up yeah and so that that was where god took me and has and has me right now not to say that i might not do some other things yeah right um but i have got to be on my face on a daily basis praying
2: yeah and it, you know i think that's interesting because it, it's such it starts out as such a simple answer oh i'm gonna pray but When you unpack how how much more there is to that, and the different uh, ways that we can pray, and the different uh, heart and mindset that we have in our prayers, um, it becomes much more than just you know I'm just I'm just praying, you know I'm just gonna pray because you know a lot of times there's the sense that people will say kind of throw up well I'm just gonna pray about it, but it it doesn't have that same uh, tenacity to it, that same mindset of this is. Important, and I'm serious about this. I'm going at it, and I'm I'm beseeching God, um, to 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 impact my life and and as well as my nation. And I thought it was interesting. I know you, we kind of talked about Daniel, but you go to Daniel nine and talk about how he uh, not only prayed, uh, you know, for himself, but also for the nation and 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 for the sins of the nation, so that he took kind of a personal view on
3: those. Sin. So, So you talk a little bit more about that. And yeah. Um, yeah, that, uh, you know, you, you hit it right in the head and, and I've done this as well. Often, oftentimes we hear, um, you know, someone share something pertinent to them, uh, emergent even, and we say, well, I'll pray about that. And, and we may be sincere, but sometimes it comes across as, Oh, I'm going to pray about it. And it's just a passive way to kind of get around it or escape the issue. But, that's not the way prayer in the Bible is described and pictured um, in fact you go to the Old Testament and several kings Hezekiah Jehoshaphat David uh, Joshua bring it they got on their knees before God and prayed before mm-hmm. they went into war yeah right so it, it wasn't just a passive oh we better add this to our repertoire just in case or to in in dear favor from God. No, they were they were using prayer as the means that it is, mm-hmm. the, the way to fight, at least to begin and engage that way and um and and so that's kind of hard. And so when I look at Daniel in Daniel 9 as he's turning and entreating, you know, God's favor, I hear him and see him confessing like like throughout that whole Uh, chapter he's confessing his own iniquities and the sins of the nation in 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 earnest right and most of the time a lot of times anyway that prayer is pictured in uh, particularly in the old testament it's coupled with fasting Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 not like just well this is something that we're going to do it 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 coupled with fasting it was a statement that said hey, this is so important to me, um, my life depends upon it. Yeah. I'm going to cut out all the things that I consider to be life-giving, like food, because this is so important. Mm. And and that's the type of heart uh, that I long to have as I engage in these days in prayer.
2: And I, I thought it was interesting when you talked about like Daniel praying on behalf of the nation That was something that I had not considered looking at everything that's going on and being like, man, people are going crazy. This is going crazy. And this, 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 you know, like them, 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 like it doesn't concern me. But then to realize, you know, I've been a partaker at times of the sins of the nation. You know what I mean? So it's not just that the nation is corrupt and going the wrong way. But I've been complicit in that. Or at the very least, I haven't stood firm to saying, look, we should not be going here. And so to couple that or to add that into my prayers is like something that I, from what you said, I was like, I got to incorporate that because that is, uh, you know, impactful. And that that was something I just hadn't really connected before. And uh, it also, you know, it helps for me as as far as like praying that God will uh, turn the, like when I pray now, I I pray that God will uh, turn the heart of the nation back to him and particularly before any further calamity happens. um, But, you know, then um, add that, you know, not my will, but your will. But just to add that in there uh, has been impactful for me as far as when I pray. Um, And it it gives me a feeling of, you know, what can I do? You know, I can't start a a movement. I can't do this or that. But, you know, those prayers are impactful. And if you believe in the Bible and you believe in Christ, like, you got to – know that your prayers mean something so that, that's that been pretty uh cool for me uh, how's where have you th- had that in your mind before or was that kind of something new that you came up with and how has that impacted you as you
3: started to pray that way yeah that's that's a that's a deep question so um you know i've heard that before mm-hmm. and at different times in my life i have applied um you know those aspects. Second uh, Chronicles or Second seven fourteen. My people call by my name, humble mm-hmm. themselves and pray and seek my face, and so on. And and I've been been part of that in days um, prior, um, but for me there's just something different about these
2: times again that are unique i was about to say something about what's been going on makes that much more crystal clear and apparent to you right yeah
3: yeah and it's a it's a counseling reality um that that goes along with that um there's a difference between um knowledge and and knowing something and um being aware of something even and and experiencing it yourself Mm.
2: And it's interesting that you bring the counseling aspect into that. How much has that shaped, you know, your thinking uh, in these, you know, last few months? Oh, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. 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 I would imagine I've noticed that in just our interpersonal, uh, our interpersonal interactions. Yeah. Uh, I've noticed that there's been a a marked difference compared to, you know, before you went through all that training. But, uh, hey, stick with us. With us. We will be back after the news break. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Hey, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
1: It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? But
2: I Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Even If by Mercy Me. And if you are just joining us, I am Taylor Johnson filling in for Doug McCary. Uh, Today, I'm usually on with him on Monday through Wednesday, but today it's me, solo, dolo, but I have my dad in, uh, and he is Anthony Johnson. Uh, He's a counselor, and before that, he was a chaplain, and before that, he played in the NFL, Um, but his greatest accomplishment, clearly, is uh, siring me, Um, but we have been talking uh, about a few different things, and right before, we were talking about Daniel and uh, in prayer, And that kind of led me in my thinking to uh, how you how do you feel like I know that uh, these times have been different as far as churches meeting and we've been going through uh, letters to the church. Uh, And I was wondering what your take is on how the church like ideally, you know, quote unquote, not saying that we have the perfect ideal, but just your some of your thoughts on how the church should meet and how it should interact. Um, And especially, you know, at, at a time like this, when a lot of people are watching. Uh, church and I know that you have with uh some people in your small group have met together uh to watch the church uh watch the service together and so I was wondering you know your take on what the church should look like um and then how
3: how that came about and how that's been uh, impacting you yeah that's that's intriguing um uh pastor of a church we attend uh said something that uh stuck with me uh, uh a number of weeks ago, he said that uh, the churches uh, had many different forms over the course of uh, you know the last couple thousand years, and and I was intrigued with that because um, obviously all we've known is uh, this type of church yeah. um, that that we've engaged in, and um, and yet <clears throat> uh, so so there's a there's a strange dynamic for me because all the COVID uh, aspects, you know, knocked out church for us. And there was a, you know, uh, resistance to that. Like, hey, they can't stop us from meeting church. You know, what do we do now? And yet there was also, as you mentioned, a a couple times where uh, my family group, uh, we met, we watched church. Um, We continued to meet um, at each other's houses, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And, And there's an aspect of that that's like, wow, this is refreshing. Yeah. Um, this is uh, kind of more engaging because, you know, you, you do learn a lot in church, obviously, and you hear a message and receive the message. and But then it's kind of hard sometimes to really connect in appropriate ways with one another. And so the, the whole kind of house church um, is was and has been really refreshing to me.
2: Yeah, and you know, to me, like when I read and acts and stuff, it, it seems like uh, that that the uh, the body at the time was a little bit more intentional in each other's lives and more involved, and that's something that I think we've missed. Um, and I, thinking about it, you know, I'm I'm young, so I haven't really known a bunch of time uh, without social media and things like that, um, and just constant news and entertainment. Do you think that is part of why the church maybe doesn't come together as much as it used to? Because I know, like when I was young like early 90s young it wasn't a weird thing to go knock on someone's door and just check in on a friend you know what i mean but now it's like you know i would call them before you know i don't know if you know this and that and i guess there's an interplay there that it it seems like as we've gotten more connected quote unquote in the uh, matrix in the uh interwebs and stuff like that we've been less connected in real life and do you think that's applied to the church and do you think that it uh is has kind of become that way because of social media, or do you think there's something
3: else at work, uh, right. at play? Yeah, there's probably something else at work. Um, and and my take on it would be the aspects and uh, the kind of dominance of social media it has uh, kind of been symptomatic of some things that are going on uh, inside, not only with the church but individually as well. Um, you know, again, back to some of my. Uh, my counseling uh training and experience um, there 's there 's nothing more powerful than to be able to have interaction whereby you look into someone else 's eyes and mm. they look into your eyes and even if you share verbiage, you communicate with one another right uh, there that, that's there 's nothing that can replace that you know now i 'm doing quite a few. Uh, virtual counseling sessions. And, um, you know, that's, that's powerful better than, you know, on the phone. Right. Cause you can at least still see. Yeah. You know. can at least still see eye to eye. And yet you still miss some aspects of connection because communication isn't just verbal, obviously. And isn't just in the eyes, it's the full, the whole body communicates. And, and so the power of that, uh, in some ways I think we've missed some of that in regard to the church as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, the the intentionality of sharing life together by, um, by that family understanding our family, because they've been in my home and they've shared space and vice versa.
2: And we don't just see them on Sundays or Wednesdays or at at the church, but we see it in each other's homes and in their lives. And I, I would imagine that would be, you know, Being in someone's home is a pretty intimate thing because there's a whole, you know, there's a whole bunch that we don't think about that you actually get to know about the person just by being in their home and how they have it set up and and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, and another aspect of that is, you know, it's it's one thing for me to go to lunch with a friend even now and have some of that uh, refreshing, good, um, you know, physical uh, interaction, eyeball to eyeball and and talk maybe even about spiritual things or about the message or whatever but man there's something even far rewarding and rich when that type of interaction takes place in my natural setting mm, in my yeah. friend's natural setting and and I get to see and apply and experience uh them and they me in that setting that's that's a depth and a richness that's really powerful
2: yeah and there's also a bit of vulnerability to it to have Mm -hmm. someone come into your place like uh sierra my sister your daughter uh Mm -hmm. birthday was yesterday and so we had a family get together and she had a couple of her friends over and you know there's always that little bit like oh man now i gotta be on my best behavior or whatever but by the end of the night it's like oh hey you know you're joking and and stuff like that um and i think that obviously allows you to connect deeper you know sharing a meal obviously does that too but then to have that with a church body, and then you have the extra um, knowledge of knowing that you guys are pursuing the same uh, things, pursuing God in, in the same way—that yeah. seems like it would connect you so much more deeply.
3: Yeah, it sure does, and and it's you know it's a challenge. You mm-hmm. know, it's been it's been a challenge, as you know, for our family to um, be open. We're we're pretty tight knit. Um, well, I. I not to get off on a tangent, but I, I, I'm
2: wondering: Do you think part of that has to do with um, being uh, a professional football player? Um, as far as like people, even though you know you were never like you know Tom Brady or anything, like that people still want things from you and they want to ingratiate themselves uh, in with you. Do you think that? And and also we moved a lot. Do you think? I mean, I definitely think the moving, but I never really thought about how much other people trying to curry favor with you might have played a part into. Our family's culture being that way,
3: yeah, it did, and and kind of right or wrong, that's that was kind of uh, our feeling about it, and so you know, uh, you know, we, we had a part to play in that in regard to still availing, availing ourselves, um, but yeah, that that certainly had a part to play.
2: Yeah, because that's something that I think most people don't realize as far as uh, athletics and uh, b- making it to the the highest levels of that. Um, that there is that sort of uh, demand and that push on you. And I remember being a kid and, you know, you having to go do these autograph signing things, which that was, that took away from the life, you know, that was kind of a burden to have to go do that. That was a job, but that we would sit there, you know, with you sometimes on your lap. And I remember just seeing how people were about the athletes. And it just was, for me, was strange because I grew up, you know, around them. you know, see, they're all your friends. They're just normal people to me. Um, but to see how people were like that, and then I've been watching that uh, Last Dance uh, series mm-hmm. and kind of seeing how people were with Michael Jordan. Um, and I just kind of clicked in with me even more like, oh, man, yeah, I probably had to, to deal with that a little bit. And ha- has there been a change in your thinking now as it's been, you know, years since that it has allowed you to be
3: more open specifically
2: with people in the church and stuff
3: like that? Yeah, without question. there's There's been a change in, in me and, and in your mother as well, um, both of us. Um, we've, we've matured, um, and not just because time matures you. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case, um, but because uh, in, in earnest um, pursuit of God, we have um, grown in and learned to apply ourselves to uh, measures of growth that are provided through relationship and connection and, uh, and authentic fellowship. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we, we definitely have, have changed in that way.
2: That kind of leads me um, to another thought that I had. Uh, what do you feel like your role as a man in this stage of life is, you know, you, you all of your kids are now adults um, and the last one's leaving the house two weeks from now, you know what I mean? And now you got grandkids and stuff like that. Do you feel... What well, then? What do you feel like your role is in in, in the family, obviously, but in a society as large at large as well?
3: Yeah, I think um, pretty similar to what I just said. Um, being able to facilitate appropriate growth, mm. um, you know, first, uh, it, it's the nature of discipleship, right? Um, a, a disciple is one who's following Christ. Um, his um, his qualifications for being a disciple maker allowing others to follow him is that he is himself following Christ. And mm. and so that's kind of how my perspective is, is, um, you know, though I'm 52 years old, I'm still young, right? And I've yeah. got more growth and, and more ways to apply the truths of God in my life and, and to be hot after that, pursuing that. And prayer, as we talked about earlier, is um, right now the, the most salient aspect of that in, in my life. But as I'm doing that, my intent and purpose, on my on-purpose uh, um, effort is to help others grow and to help others pursue Christ in a way that's authentic and that produces internal change.
2: Yeah, that, I, I like that. We're going to pick up there uh, after we come back from the break because i got a few questions for you uh, along those lines and uh, thinking a little bit about... Um, Uh, John Eldridge's book as well. So I want to ask you a few questions about that. So stick with us.
0: We will be back with more after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation.
1: Captive. good news for the shame there is good
2: Ren Collective with Rescuer. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, I am Taylor Johnson filling in for Doug McCary. Um, I have in the studio my dad, Anthony Johnson, who is a counselor with Acacia Counseling Ministries. That is his. Uh, right? I said that right? Yeah. Pra- yeah, yeah. Acacia Counseling. dot com is his website. That's Acacia Counseling.
3: What? Actually, it's
2: w dot Oh. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. He didn't even say anything to me. Uh, So that is www.acaciagrowth.com. That's www.acaciagrowth.com. He is a counselor. Before that, he was a chaplain for the Jaguars. Um, And before that, he was a player um, in the National Football League. So we have him in today. And if you have any questions for him, uh, you can email us at Taylor at SWAT radio.com that's Taylor at SWAT radio.com or you can call in at one eight four four triple seven swat that's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. and just before the break we were talking a little bit about uh, how he's he's seen his role grow uh, as he's gotten older as and where he fe- feels as a man uh, what he feels like his role is in this stage in his life and I was wondering uh, you know if you've read John Eldridge's book, uh, his second book, which was called The uh, Way of the Wild Heart, which I think he's now changed to Father by God. He talks about the stages in a man's life, and towards the end, you go from the king stage to the sage, and that's like the, the last stage. Um, in life. And I, I was wondering, I feel like you're still, you probably feel young still, and like you got like a whole bunch uh, left in the tank, uh, but to other people, specifically your, your granddaughter's, you're like at that sage uh stage so what does that feel like to know that people look at you you know as hey, he's the sage he's the you know he's the one who's kind of been through a lot in life but to still feel like that feeling of
3: man i got so much more to do yeah i, I don't know because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of in the transition of that i think um or, or at least that's where my mindset is but I have mornings like today when I was working out and uh, <laughs> strained my neck and I'm like oh, I think I am old maybe um, but but there's a there's a uh, an honor in that mm-hmm. there really is an honor in that and um, though I don't know that I feel feel the qualifications, you know, of being a sage, if you will, and providing what I think of as wisdom and appropriate leadership and, and example and other aspects of that, um, I, long, I long for that. And, and that's the type of growth uh, that, that I want to experience uh, moving forward such that that would be the reality of a person engaging with me, whether it's my grandkids or, or anyone else.
2: And, you know, you obviously still got, uh, Lord willing, a a long, you know, a bunch of life left to live. But I kind of think of, you know, a lot of people have that idea of when you get older and, you know, you get maybe that midlife crisis. And I'm just going to kind of live for myself and uh, I'm or I'm going to do this or that, um, you know, and just enjoy life, quote unquote. But there is a big, uh, a pivotal role for the elder statesman, the sage uh, to be played in. The lives of other people and in the community that I think gets missed a lot, and I think a lot of people, you know, especially getting up in their seventies and eighties, have the tendency to want to check out, and, and part of that is that people don't value the the elders' thoughts and stuff, you know, in, in this culture. Um, but there is a profound uh, difference in how you can uh, live as an older uh, individual and and still have a great impact. You know, I, I think of you know my grandparents. You know they've been really impactful in my life, and I've spent a lot of time with them. That's a, a generational thing that I don't think a lot of people get. And I've known from being you know, on the other end of it how much there is to receive. Um, so I, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, you're what thinking as you know getting older, maybe seeing great grandkids one day. What do you have any like uh, thoughts about how you want to uh, finish strong in the race? I know it's still the middle of the race, but you know, just how how you want to approach. Being that great grandfather type,
3: yeah. So you're familiar with with Caleb in the Old Testament, yeah. And how um, he, one of the faithful spies that went out spied the land, and um, yet he, uh, though he was forty when he went out to spy, came back and gave a good report. He and Joshua, and and they were the only two that uh, survived through the wilderness experience. But forty years later, yeah, right, he moves into the promised land. And he stated that he has the same strength for going in and out for war at eighty or eighty-five, whatever he was, that he did when he was forty. And um, not sure of the reality that trusted that you know <laughs> was divinely inspired, but that's the kind of that's kind of perspective I want to have. And I'm not just talking about physical. I mean, love to have you know physical prowess, uh, but. But in, but in terms of impact, in terms of, um, you know, example, in terms of uh, imprinting others around me, you know, first with my family and my kids and greats and so on, but but also anybody I, I come into contact with, I, I, I want to have um, that type of impact because that will be evidence to me uh, of, my faith in the only one who can provide that type of in, impact. And that's God in and through me. Yeah. And that,
2: when I, I like that you brought up Caleb, cause you know, he was like, Hey, that's my property. All right, I'm gonna go get it. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like, okay, we'll go liberate that from me. It's like, okay, me and the family, we're going to go, yeah. we're going to take this on and it still had that energy um, to do so. But then uh, yeah, I'd like to tie that into that. That's kind of what I, in my mind, first off thinking about you when you get to that stage, that's where I kind of see that, okay, that's probably going to be how dad is. Um, but also that, that, that's that that difference of approach to the later stages of life, um, that I don't think we see too much anymore. So I think that's like a good opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, uh, to, to show the difference, you know, what, what can be different. Yeah.
3: And it's, it's, it's so compelling to me as well for the, the days and the times that we're living in now. Um, because, um, just be real with you for me, um, looking at things and hearing things and seeing what's going on in the world right now. Uh, I tend to, I tend to get scared mm-hmm. I mean, it's fearful to me. Uh, it's fearful. we, we haven't talked about, um, the incursions of, um, you know, Islam and, and the intents historically and all that. And, and, uh, you know, just the aspects of experiencing trial and tribulation and mm-hmm. persecution and so on. That's scary. And yet in, in the face of that, and in the midst of that, uh, there is, there is an overcoming spirit that we've been given. Right. And, and we've already, we've already know the conqueror, the one who's victorious. Who's, yeah. And he's uh, imputed to us his righteousness and his authority to engage in this life and this world in spite of what we're seeing around us. And so, um, so ag- again, to tie on what we said before, too, th- what compels me so much is that the reality of that in terms of real expression, mentally, emotionally, and physically begins with connecting with God through mm-hmm. what we know of His prayer.
2: Yeah, and you know that's interesting that you uh, tied in Islam uh, in there with that because I actually uh, just finished up reading uh, The Sword and the Scimitar um, by Ibrahim. I forgot his last name, uh, but it's a great book that documents the 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 violence uh, perpetrated, uh, you know, on both sides, but particularly talking about the Islamic. Uh, violence towards the Christian nation. And then with the unrest that we're seeing Mm -hmm. now, and you see kind of black lives matter and and the Islamic movement kind of linking arms to have, Oh man, that could come here. And that, that is a a level of fear, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that can get at you, especially if you look at, you know, what's been done historically. And, uh, you know, for me, that that kind of is is part of the impetus of, okay, well, let's go set something up. You know, God, let uh, send a safe haven because, you know, I don't want to have to go through some of those those trials. But then to be able to be prepared in the face of that to say, you know, God, hey, even if, um, you know, I'm going to follow then. you. Yeah, because that's part of my prayers, too, is like, you know, hey, if God, if, if we're not going to turn around as a country, hey, you know, <laughs> leave me and my family to a place of peace where, you know, we can stave off any sort of craziness. But then. It's always like, well, hey, even if if not, you know, I'm going to follow you. Just give me the strength to to, to stand strong, you know. So, man, uh, I got so many more questions for you. You know what I mean? I can, we could probably do this all day. Uh, but we are starting to run down uh, in our time. Uh, but any last thoughts that you uh, – here, real quick. What's uh, one thing you wish you had done different uh, as a father
3: since I'm a new father to me? Uh. Yeah, I I wish I had, um, so so this is internal, but I, I wish I had been, I had more capacity to be available uh, emotionally. That is such a, I should have led with
2: that question. We could have talked about that all day because, you know, you've you experienced fatherlessness with the loss of a father and then someone stepping in that role, but that still uh, kind of seared you in a way and then it took time and the love of mom really to help you work through that. To kind of grow in, into a capacity and, and to look at how you were with me compared to how you were with the younger mm-hmm. ones, you know, you can see a difference and then how we relate now mm-hmm. is, is, is much different as well. So, um, I wish we could get to that. Hey, real quick, uh, tomorrow tune in because Doug has a special guest, HB Charles of Shiloh Baptist Church. He is going to be on tomorrow with Doug. Um, he is also going to be the speaker at our SWAT retreat. So, make sure you turn in tune in tomorrow because that's going to be a good a good one. Um, you've been listening to SWAT radio If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs please visit www.swatradio.com that's www.swatradio.com or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the app store. Join us weekdays at three o'clock for more SWAT radio As I said tune in tomorrow for H b Charles. And I just want to say, Dad, thanks for coming in. You did a great job. Um, I'd like to do this again sometime. Hey, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for
0: tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com.